This is Anchor Points with Robert Quintana. God wants us to be happy. Every week, helping you discover the answers to some of life's biggest questions. There is a purpose for our lives. And applying them to help you grow closer in your walk with God. Messages straight from the pulpit of Frederick Seventh-day Adventist Church of Frederick, Maryland. What's going to drive you to your knees? Is it going to be fear or is it going to be love? Feel free to discover more like this at AriseForGod.com. For everything, there is a season. And in life, we don't always get to pick and choose which ones we'll go through. Some are a result of storms out of our control. Others are due to poor choices we've made. We're in trouble, aren't we? Oh yeah, you're in big trouble. And yet, other seasons come from God's calling in your life. What happens at the end of all of this? Is it just some sick cycle that we're stuck in where we born, where we die, we live, we laugh, we cry? Well, what, what is it? That's Robert Quintana, and today he shares his final message as our lead pastor. In it, he asks what's really at the end of it all. Why must we endure these seasons? What's the purpose? It's an answer you may not expect with his message, Seasons of Life. So, as I mentioned before, um, I love seasons. My favorite is fall. I don't know if it's because I was born in October, if because October is Pastor Appreciation Month. There's just a lot about fall that I love. I love the colors, and that's saying a lot since I'm color deficient. So, I mean, if I can see the reds and the orange and the yellows, I can only imagine what you guys must see if you, for those of you that can see the whole spectrum. I mean, I just love fall. And I love the seasons. And so for the last month, since I've been thinking of change and, you know, I've been thinking about, you know, how things kind of move along and you look back 10 years, 20 years, and you think, man, I can't believe I've come this far. I had never thought I would be here. And, you know, as I've been thinking about change, I realized that I would not like fall as much if we didn't have winter, spring, and summer. Because we have winter, spring, and summer makes me enjoy fall that much more, right? If it was fall year-round, I probably wouldn't enjoy it as much. And so I realized that life is just a bunch of seasons that we go through. There's change that we all go through. I have here, and I will be taking this with me, but I have a few folders here. This, this first folder that I have is filled with certificates. Um, not the kind of change that we all look forward to. These are actually death certificates of individuals that have passed away that I've presided over their funerals. It's not fun change. It's just change that happens. It's just life. The change that comes from now waking up in an empty bed. 
The kind of change that happens when you now realize that you're not going to be getting a call from them, that you can't call them for advice. And there are change, it's change that happens. Some of that change is not good change, is not um, happy change, but it's change nonetheless. But then there are other seasons of time. There are other changes that happen that, that thrill us. This next folder that I have are licenses, they're certificates of marriage, a marriage that I've performed. They give you these so that you can keep record of. Change again, you know, learning how to share a bathroom with someone, you know, realizing that, well, we might just have to buy two tubes of toothpaste because you squeeze yours in the middle and I squeeze mine at the end. So life is ever changing. We go through seasons of life. Uh, this last folder that I have, I was super excited about this one, but this here is everyone who has been baptized in this church the last 10 years. A total of 122 individuals that have given their life to Christ. Is that not awesome? Praise God, right? It's awesome. It's a good change. Life is full of change and life is full of seasons. Some seasons we welcome, others we wish we didn't have to go through. But nonetheless, life is full of change and it is full of seasons. The question that I want to answer here today with you is this. What happens at the end of all this change? What happens at the end of all these seasons that we experience You know, is it just some vicious, you know, crazy cycle that we live and die and we just make it through the world and there really isn't any purpose to life? What's at the end of all this change? You know, in the words of Stephen Curtis Chapman, is it really just living and dying? Is it just trying to make it through the day? What's at the end of all of this change? We're going to look at the life of Moses today, a man who went through a lot of change in his life. You can break down his life into three seasons. He lived to be 120 years old, and each season of his life was 40 years. What's at the end of all of this? What's at the end of all this change, and what's at the end of all of these seasons that we go through? I'd like for you to turn in your Bibles to Exodus chapter 1, starting with verse 8. Now there arose a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. Remember, Joseph was sold into slavery. He ended up as a slave in Egypt. And while in Egypt, he had these dreams and he he was able to interpret some visions. And as a result, he rose quickly to high rank in Egypt. And then he was able to predict this, this famine that was coming. Not really predict, but interpret the vision. And so he was able to warn them of this famine that was coming. And the famine hit, and you'll remember that his family came for food. And that beautiful exchange that took place, they admitted their wrong. He forgave them. The Pharaoh invited his whole family to come live in Egypt. And so they came. But over time, they grew in number. Their influence became greater and greater. 
And so many years later, now it says in verse 8 that there arose a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. And so he was filled with fear. He was afraid of what the Israelite people might do to his country, to his nation someday. We read in verse 9, and he said to his people, look, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, lest they multiply. And it happen in the event of war that they also join our enemies and fight against us and so go up out of the land. And so he was afraid of them. And what does he do? He now throws them into slavery to hard labor, to work for us, to build our kingdom. And on top of that, he institutes these policies that say, if a young male child is born to you, you must throw them in the river and kill them. If it's a girl, they can live. And the reason why he was doing this is because he thought this is one way to thin out the population. I mean, you you talk about having a bad hand dealt to you. That is the environment that Moses was born into. And so you guys know the story. I know most of you do. Moses is born. Moses' mom, of course, doesn't want to kill him. And so she puts him in this little basket, puts him in the river. You know, the sisters all involved and this little basket drifts and they put it in the reeds. And then Pharaoh's daughter comes and finds this little basket opens it up, and there's this little baby crying. And the Bible tells us here, read with me in verse 6, and when she opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the baby wept. So she had compassion on him and said, this is one of the Hebrews' children. And so now Pharaoh's daughter decides that she is going to adopt this child. First season, of Moses's life, he had no control over, right? He's just floating on a river. The winds and waves are just carrying him along. He really has no control of what's happening. And there are times in our lives, there are seasons that we go through where we have no control. Things just happen because of sin or because of other people's decisions. We go through seasons of life sometimes where we have no control of what's happening to us. We're just kind of drifting along, being tossed to and fro by the winds and the waves. You wake up one morning to find out that your husband, dad, brother, friend was killed. In a head-on collision. Change that you weren't waiting for. Change that you weren't expecting. Change that is completely out of your control. What's at the end of that? And so, continuing on here, we read that, that Pharaoh's daughter adopted him. And now here we read in chapter 2, verse 11, it says this. Now it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown And he went out to his brethren and looked at their burdens. And he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his brethren. Unlike how some of the movies portray it, Moses knew where he was from. He knew that the Israelites were his relationship, his blood. And it says in verse 12, so he looked this way and that way. And when he saw no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid him 
in the sand. Notice it didn't say that he buried him in the sand. He hid him in the sand. So a shallow grave. He looks around. He makes sure that no one was watching. We find out later on that someone was watching, that someone did see him commit this act. And maybe, you know, with his, with his feet or with his hands, he covers him up. A few days later, I'm sure they found the body. And this is Moses. I mean, this is the, the great man of God, the, the Bible hero that we always lift up. And we say, man, if I could only be like Moses someday. And now that Pharaoh found out of this terrible crime is out to get Moses, out to kill him. And so he flees to Midian. And this time, it wasn't because life just happens. This time, it is because he made the decision, right? He made the not-so-smart decision. And because of that, he is experiencing change in his life that he's not happy with, that he wished he didn't have to go through. And you know, there are some of us here today that are going through seasons of life that we're not happy with, not because life just happens, but because of decisions that we've made. But there again, I ask you this question, what of the end? What happens at the end of those seasons, right? What happens at the end of all of this? Are we just all just, you know, railing down the road at, you know, 60 miles an hour with no direction, no nothing? What, what's at the end of this road? Is it just some sick cycle that we're stuck in where we born, where we die, we live, we laugh, we cry? Well, what, what is it? What's at the end of all of this? And so now we go to the next season of Moses's life. We go to the next season here. I'd like for you to turn in your Bibles to Exodus chapter 3, just a chapter over. It says here in verse 1, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of the bush. So he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire. But the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. Why the bush does not burn. Remember, he's been now tending flock for 40 years. He was in Egypt for 40 years. He's been tending flock for 40 years. And now we're about to enter the third season of his life. Verse 4. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him. From the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. There are seasons in life that we go through where we have absolutely no control. There are seasons in life that we go through because we've made some not so smart decisions. But then there are some seasons of life that we go through when we answer God's call for our lives. When we say, God, I hear you. I'm here. What do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? Who do you want me to reach out to? How do you want me to speak? How do you want me to act? But my question is, what happens at the end of all of it? So I'd like for you to turn in your Bibles to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 34, starting with verse 1. 
It says this, Then Moses went up from the plains of Moab to Mount Nebo, to the top of Pisgah, which is across from Jericho. And the Lord showed him all the land of Gilead as far as Dan. So remember, at this point in his life, 120 years, he's gone through three major seasons in his life. For 40 years, he wrestled and struggled and begged and cried and advised and counseled for 40 years, trying to get them to this promised land flowing with milk and honey. And now God takes him to the top of this hill, to the top of this mountain, takes him up there and says, Moses, I want you to look. Your, your life is coming to an end. This season of your life is, is coming to an end. I, I want you to look out there. He showed him the land of Gilead as far as Dan, verse 2, all of Naphtali and the land of Ephraim and Manasseh, all the land of Judah as far as the western sea. The south and the plain of the valley of Jericho, the city of the palm of trees, as far as Zor. So can you picture this? Moses was having communion with God. He was speaking with God and God is showing him, this is the land that I've promised for you. This is the land that you are to inherit. What's at the end of all of this? Then the Lord said to him, this is the land of which I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I will give it, God says, I will give it to your descendants. I have caused you to see it with your own eyes. But, he says, you shall not cross over there. I didn't hear you. Can you say that again? Huh? 40 years after all I've been through? You know, taking these people from point A to point B? Uh, You know, look at my hair. It's gray and it's gray for a reason. And God says, you cannot cross over there. Now, be honest with me. How many of you would be just a little bit upset? How many of you would be upset? Huh? I mean, you've been fighting for this and working for it all your life. And now God says, but you can't see it. Can't go over there. You can see it, but you can't touch it, basically. Do you sometimes feel as though the road or journey that you're on is a dead end? That this God thing, okay, it makes me feel good, but I'm really in it only, you know, just in case. But if you really had to, you know, if we really had to be honest with one another, I, you know, is it going to happen? Am I going to inherit it? Am I going to experience it? Am I going to see it? Probably not. I know some feel that way. So then you ask yourself, well, then what's the point, right? What's the point in keeping on, keeping on? You know, I'd like for you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Ecclesiastes for, for a second. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, starting with verse 1, says this, To everything there is a season, 
a time for every purpose under the sun. Solomon says, in all of his wisdom, Solomon says to everything, there is a season, a time for every purpose under the sun, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up. He says that there is a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to gain and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war, and a time of peace. Life is full of change. There's a season for everything. And I know that some of you might disagree with some of the things Solomon just said. I know some of you are thinking, you know, there should never be a time to hate, or a time for war, or a time to heal. But in his wisdom, he says, you know, there's also a time to love, and a time for peace, and There's a time to build, right? So here we are in this life that just seems every time we turn, it's throwing something new at us, right? But what's at the end of it all? I'd like for you to turn back to Deuteronomy chapter 34, verse 5. Moses, you see it, but you can't touch it. It's beautiful, isn't it? But you can't go in. Verse 5. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, it says here, died there in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord. Verse 6. And he, do you notice that the H is capitalized? And he, God, God himself and God buried him in a valley in the land of Moab opposite Beth Peor. But no one knows his grave to this day. What's at the end of all of this? You see, my friends, if your goal in life is worldly, you know, if it somehow involves material things, if somehow you're so focused on the things of this world, then you might come to the conclusion that it doesn't matter and that at the end of all of this, there's nothing. But I'm telling you that if you put your trust in him, what's at the end of all of this is so beautiful and so glorious It is so magnificent that I don't have the words to describe it. The Bible itself, when it tries to explain it, says, let me explain. Well, actually, I can't. No eye has seen, no ear has heard. The heart of man cannot imagine the things that I have prepared for you. That's what's at the end of all of this. If you continue or if you choose to put your trust in him, what's at the end of all of this? I'll tell you, there is no end. There there is no end. It is life eternal 
on streets of gold, in, in the holy city of God that he's prepared for us. There is no end if you put your trust in him. And when I read this, when I read how it says that he was a servant, a servant of the Lord, what that conveys to me is this, that when God said to him, Moses, you see this beautiful promised land right before you? It's awesome, isn't it? But you can't cross over after all the blood, sweat, and tears. Because he was a servant, I envision Moses taking a step back, maybe crossing his arms and saying, okay, God, if that's what you want for me, okay, I'm fine with that. No, no problem. What's at the end of all this change that we go through, of all these seasons of life that we experience, what's at the end? I will tell you that if you trust in God, that if you surrender your life over to him, what's at the end is eternal communion with the creator of the universe, with the king of kings, the Lord of lords, and all of your dreams and all of your desires and everything that you thought you wanted or you think you want, everything will be realized in one moment when you see him face to face. You've been listening to Anchor Points with Robert Quintana and his message, Seasons of Life. And it's hard to believe that this has been our final program. It's truly been an honor and privilege to serve and to share these messages with you for the past five years. However, while it may not exist here on the radio anymore, the program is going to live on in podcast form. And you can find the library of Pastor Quintana's messages by searching Anchor Points in the iTunes podcast store. And of course, we would still love the opportunity to meet you in person. If you've ever thought about visiting Frederick Adventist Church, well, we're located on Jefferson Pike near Butterfly Lane. Our services happen each Saturday at 11 a.m. And you can learn more and get directions at ariseforgod.org. We appreciate you listening. This program is produced by Word of Mouth Productions in cooperation with Frederick Seventh-day Adventist Church. And remember, God loves you and wants you to live out his purpose.